You're listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's thank God for this morning. That was awesome today. Let's thank our worship team. Let's thank them for helping us connect with the Lord today. Come on, let's thank our team today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you and everyone else that helps make today happen. Please be seated. It's great to see you, and especially if you are joining online, we welcome. Just want to say before we start today that um, for those of you who are watching at home, can't be with us for some reason today, or maybe some of you have been part of our church for a long time, but I've not made it back yet. We want to say that you're still on our mind. We still pray for you. And also, I know that some of you still give faithfully to the church financially. I want to say a special thanks to you for your commitment to us, and uh, we're praying for you, so be encouraged. God bless you. And also, for those of you in the building, it's an amazing little talk about generosity and uh, we contribute in many different ways in our life. And I do want to just say, especially to those that financially give to us, to our church, without your commitment financially, we won't be able to do any of this or continue to grow our church. So thank you so much for those of you that are so financially to our church. We really appreciate you so much. Thank you and God bless. Well, it's great to see you back in church. I'm not sure that I thought you were going to come back after last week's message about Jonah. I, I thought to myself, well, that was maybe too challenging for some people and they'll probably just, you know, stay at home today. But thank you for coming back. And uh, we're going to continue talking about storms and hopefully uh, the Word of God will help us. And uh, how many people still have one of these paper Bibles in their life? Come on. Oh, more than anybody in the balcony got a paper Bible still at home? You know, it's really, it's not old-fashioned, you know, to have a paper Bible. It's still good to have paper. How many read books still? You know, this is one of the still best-selling books in the world, the Bible, and it's good to have it. And I have big writing in my Bible because I can't see. don't want to put glasses on yet. Um, so we're going to talk um, uh, Acts 27. The, past, the title of our message is How to Handle or Actually Avoid Some Storms in Our Life. I want to say to you that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to go through a storm. Oh, everybody's gone quiet. Okay, some of you are going through a storm right now in your life. But uh, I, I don't care how godly you are, how much you pray, how much you give, you are going to go through a storm if you're going to follow Jesus. You're going to go through a storm if you've if you actually got breath in your body today, whether you know Jesus or not. You're going to go through one. And just because you give your life to Jesus does not mean to say that God's going to protect you from all storms of your life. How many agree with me? How many of you love the Lord and you know that sometimes in life it's tough? Come on. We heard Pastor Lee say that today. Uh, sometimes we don't know what's going on. We don't know how we're going to get to where we're going to go to next. But I want to encourage you. Last week we talked about Jonah. He hit a storm because he was disobedient. Now I hope there's nobody in the room that's going through a storm because of disobedience. My message to you is stop it, turn around and, on, and obey God and the storm will stop. Because as soon as Jonah was thrown overboard, the Bible says the storm ceased. And so you don't need to keep going for a storm. It's just that you need to turn around and follow Jesus. And so today, interestingly enough, I was thinking about what I'm going to speak to you today. And it's Acts chapter 27 
and the first few verses of 28. I'm going to talk you through those, that chapter and I want you to read it this week for yourself because it's about another storm that the Apostle Paul was on, but this storm did not come because of disobedience. This storm came because of obedience. And so what I want to say to you today is that if you're going to follow Jesus and you want to be obedient to his word, you're still going to hit some storms in your life because it's a part and parcel of the journey. Nothing is going to be easy following Jesus. I don't know what message you may have been sold down the line that come to Jesus and all your problems will go. That's not true. You know that that in fact, when you give your life to Jesus, all hell will break loose. And you're thinking, I thought this life was supposed to be an abundant life and now it's all gone pear-shaped. But the truth is that we have eternal life and one day everything will be no more storms. But until Jesus returns, we are going to travel through some storms. Don't don't be too discouraged that you will have some good times too. And so I want to say about the Apostle Paul that he actually was about to go to Rome and to witness before Caesar. And so he was going to go on a boat trip there to get there and he was in chains but but he was on a mission to preach the gospel even though he was in chains and in prison. And so Paul and the other prisoners were handed over to the centurion, this is in Acts chapter 27, and they went to sail to Italy and so they sailed um, across a few areas and they stopped and finally Paul in in one of the verses said to the guys, listen, I think we need to stop in this harbour because I'm not quite sure that we should go any further because it's going to be tricky. I think that we shouldn't go on this next voyage. I think we should just stay around until the weather ceases. It was about going into like the hurricane season, going on holiday and somebody's saying, don't book your trip there because you're going to just have rain and nobody listens. And so in the Scriptures it says that the owner of the boat and the guy who was sort of the, the fellow that was leading the boat, said to, to them, uh, they didn't listen to him. And so they got on this boat and they started off on this journey. And then all of a sudden, it, it says in the Scriptures that, that the, the wind was light and then all of a sudden this massive storm arose and the, everything was falling apart on this trip. And so the Apostle Paul stands up and he says, in the midst of this storm, Do not worry, he said, the angel of the Lord appeared to me last night and told me that everyone on ship, whoever stays on this trip with me, is going to be safe. Wow, that's totally different to Jonah, isn't it? You know, Jonah was the cause of the storm and the Apostle Paul was the answer in the storm. And that's what God's called us to be. And so he makes this statement of an encounter with God And he says, come on, it's going to be okay. And it says, the guys were encouraged. And so they begin to continue their journey. And so he says, look, guys, it's going to be a rough ride. There's going to be no light for a few days. There's going to be no food for a few days. And he said, everything on board is going to be thrown off. You know, the cargo is going to go. All all your, all your, because that trip for them was was a business trip where when they got to where they would go, they would earn the money on the cargo. And so, but the Bible says the cargo got thrown overboard. The lifeboat got thrown overboard. They were making plans as they were pretending to put the anchors down, if you read the story, to jump in the lifeboat 
and, and get out of it. And he says, no, if you, if you jump into the lifeboat, you're going to die. And so they cut the lifeboat free. And, and some of us in a storm want to bail out and jump into a second plan or a third plan, a lifeboat, a life plan, a B plan. And, and if you do that, then it's going to even get worse. And so they cut off the lifeboat and they cut off the grain and they cut off the anchors. Everything on that boat was cut off. And the only thing that was left was the Word of God that was given to them. I want to say to you in your life that sometimes God will allow you go, to go for a, a storm so He can get some things off your life. Sometimes He wants to shake you up because some of you are living for finances and money and materialism. And I'll tell you, when the storms hit, that can't actually get you out of trouble. We come to a place in our life when, when money can't buy us what we want in life. And God says, I am your source. I'm the only one that can deal with this. And they had to throw off the cargo. They had to throw off the anchors. They had to throw off the lifeboat. And every other prop, everybody, every other security had to go until they relied on one source. And that was God. And God will do that because we can no other, no other, have no other God before Him. He has to be number one in our lives. When we said, we give you our life, Lord, He thought you meant it. Come on, smile at me. And some of you thinking, oh, I want to change your mind. It's too late. You're already signed up. He's already committed to you. He's not going to let you go, just like Jonah. He said, when, when, when you put your hand up, when you gave you my, my heart and you said that prayer, I, I believed it and sent my Holy Spirit to live in your life and now I'm going to stick with you till the end. I'm going to take you up that mountain by your hand in fear, in storms, in, in drought, in, in, in good, in bad, in plenty, but I'm going to get you there and I'm going to be committed to you and you are going to fulfil my purpose. And so it's really important that as they was on this storm and everything was breaking up, just as about they thought, this is life is over, Paul was encouraging them on that storm and they said they saw a sandy beach. Oh, what a sight that must have been. They saw, a, they, they saw Mauritius, they saw seashells, they saw whatever it is, Maldives, and they're thinking, wow, I didn't realise that this was at the end of this storm. And what you need to realise as a follower of Jesus, that even though we go for the storms and even though we go up the mountains, God has something on the other side of that which He wants us to actually embrace and enjoy and, and be effective for Him in our future. But you know, for a storm and up that cable car, you can't see the end result. You can't see what God has planned for us. We can't see the people at the other end of that story, of our story, who God wants to impact in our lives. And what the Apostle Paul and the people on that boat, on that ship could not see was that they couldn't see an island called Malta with a load of people on there that was going to encounter Jesus through the Apostle Paul. Without that storm, Malta would not have a chance to hear about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. So the Bible says all the ship broke up, everything on it was totally destroyed and the only thing they had left was a few pieces of wood that actually they leaned, grabbed on until they got to shore. And when they got to shore, if you read the story, it says they got off and they were so welcomed by the island people they were so, so much hospitality. It was overwhelming. And, then, and, and the story says that a viper grabbed hold of Paul and bit him and the people were astounded, waiting for him to die and somehow he didn't die and they would think, this is amazing. And he met this one guy who was like the chief of the island. 
and he invited him to the house where his dad was ill and Paul went into the house, prayed for this man and he miraculously healed him of his sickness and the Bible says all the other sick people on the island came to the Apostle Paul and he healed them. Wow, what was on the other side of a storm was God's impact to people. And I want to say to you that God's got a bigger plan than just your comfort. God has got a plan bigger than just you investing in your happy life and get you out of a storm just to say, oh, God has helped me out of this storm. Now I can continue just living for myself. No, God has a plan for us. And as a church, the world is going through a storm and we cannot bail out. We can't have options of, right, I'm just, you know, church following Jesus. It's not like being on a cruise ship. It's a battleship. And God has called us for a purpose. And sometimes God will allow us through a storm to shake some things off us so we can get a perspective of what God wants for our lives. And sometimes we are praying against the storm and we say, you know, we're rebuking the devil for the storm and God's allowed the storm because he wants to get our attention on some things. Wants to get a few things loose of our lives. And because beyond that, is influence and effectiveness in the gospel. Do you know the Apostle Paul had to go on that journey to fulfill the will of God? He had to get on that boat to get to Rome because his destination was that he stood before Caesar and shared his testimony about Jesus. And as that was God's purpose, no shipwreck, no nothing could stop God's plan for Paul's life. So I don't care where you are right now. I don't care what's falling apart right now. If God has called you and saved you, he's got a purpose for your life, but you must lean into his will for your life. You must be willing to surrender your will for his will so he can use you for his glory and his purposes. God doesn't save you just to, just to carry on with your own life as it is, but he saved you so you can be a witness to those people without hope, just like Paul was on that boat when they were saying, our life is over, we're going to die. And he says, come on, I want to tell you, be encouraged. God has spoken to me last night. God has told me that you are going to be okay. Be encouraged. And he gives them some food. And that's what God's called us to do in our workplaces, in our homes, that when the storms of life hit people, even though that you're in a storm with them, that we are to be the voice of God and the hands of God and the feet of God to help them to connect with God. We can pray for the sick and they recover. We can give them the words of life to give them hope for their future. That's the church's job in the midst of a storm in our world. And, we, and too many Christians want to bail out of the storm because of a life of comfort and ease and think that they've given their life to Jesus so they can be blessed and nobody else can receive a blessing from their lives. And so the Apostle Paul went through a storm because of obedience. And there are some times in our life that God will allow us through a storm when we are even obedient to Him. Do you remember the story when Jesus sent the disciples in a boat and they said the, the wind was so calm? And Jesus was in the boat asleep. Do you remember that? And this massive storm arised. On the other side of that storm was a man with 2,000 demons in him. See, God's destiny is always people. God's destiny is always to get in your life through you to help other people, to tell them about Jesus. That's our mission. That's our goal. And on the way we can enjoy life, 
on the way we can have the beach holidays, on the way we can, the ultimate goal of our lives is that we actually deposit the life of God that is entrusted with us, the message of salvation, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you as they're on the boat and this storm arose and Jesus allowed the storm because he was in the boat with them. And no matter what storm you're in in your life and whatever you go through as a storm, Jesus will always be in the storm. But the question is, they said, Jesus, why are you sleeping? I wonder if you're going through a rough time right now and you think God's asleep in your life. Have you ever been in that place? Have you ever been in that place when you pray in your heart and you're thinking, are you even listening to me? Anybody in the room can say amen to that. Anybody feel that God's abandoned you when you're going through a hard time and you feel like it must be you and actually it's not you. You're doing everything you need to do. You're praying, you're fasting, you're giving, you're serving and life just seems a nightmare and you're thinking, it's God against me. And they're in this boat with this massive storm and they're saying, Jesus, do you not care? <laughs> How many times have we said that to God? Do you not care? And I'm thinking, Lord, why did you allow this to happen to your disciples? You see, God's ways are more higher than our ways. Do you know, he's just so bigger than us. He just knows what he's doing with our lives. And he allowed them to the storm and they wake him up. And Jesus gets up and what did he do? He speaks one word to the wind and the waves and they obey him. And at the story, it gives a little sentence of the reason why Jesus allowed them through the storm. And this is the reason. When the, start, the storm was ceased through the words of Jesus, in one moment, the disciples looked at him and said, even the wind and the waves obey him. See, that storm was to actually develop their relationship with Jesus, to know who he really was in their life, that he's the God of the storms. He's the God of our journey. And so God will take you through seasons of your life so you can get to know what He's really like, so you can trust Him more in the hard times as well as the good. And the Apostle Paul goes through this storm in his life. Why? It's because out of this storm, sometimes in our life of obedience, because only a storm will get maturity and growth and greater resilience out of our lives. Only hardship at times will toughen us up so we can run the race more for God. I know that Dan is a trainer and uh, you know that when people come to you to get fit or to grow muscles, you, you know it's not going to be easy to get fit. You, you know without no pain, there's no gain. The only way to grow your muscles is to stretch and you're one of his products. But you know that fitness and growth with muscle only can come through pain. How do you think you're going to grow in God without any trials, without any tests, without any kind of pressure being put on you to see how much you really love Jesus, to see how much you really know about him? who he is in the storms. And I want to tell you that in my life, there's many times I've just sit there and thinking, I just don't know God, but I trust you anyway. I just don't know God, but I know that you do. I remember in the prayer meeting on Monday when Ezekiel was asked the question, can these bones live? And he, he answered with a real wise question, only you know, Lord. And there are some times in our life that we have to surrender to who he is without us knowing everything. 
and seeing everything and saying, Lord, I know I'm doing my best for you, but I, I know that you know best and I'm going to keep going because on the other side, there is going to be a breakthrough. There is going to be sunshine through this storm. And I want to tell you, whatever you're going through, hopefully you're not going through a storm through disobedience, but you, you're honouring God and somehow you may be going through a hard time. God is doing a work in you. God is doing something in you that you can't even understand. I know that that pruning is, is hard. I know that when God begins to break you, it's painful. I was listening to somebody talk about a guy that grew roses and he was saying that when they looked at roses, there were some roses that were so beautiful and, and, and they would say, but those roses had to be cut off because it would stifle the growth of the other roses, the potential. And sometimes some of the things that you think is going great in your life, God wants to cut off because he's going to kill the rest of your future. And pruning is painful. And when God begins to break things in your life, it's painful. But when God breaks you, it's for, to build you. So if you feel like you're crumbling, if God's hand's upon you, it's because he wants to build you. And maybe you're going through pain right now in your life and you can't work it out. You one day will look back and know what God's done in you and then eventually through you. So I want to say storms are inevitable. And if I'm going to go through one, I want to go through one being an obedient Christian. Come on, say amen. amen. And so come on, if we can escape the storms from being stupid, then let's do that. But So before I just give you three little things of help you through a storm, because some of you are in a storm right now, and there's three little anchors that will help you at the end of this passage from this story that will help you know that you'll get through this. But as I was preparing this, I actually read through this passage and thought, there's a few things in, the, in, this, in this whole story that will actually help us um, to actually avoid some unnecessary storms. Because you know some storms that you go through is because of your stupidity and my stupidity. Do you know that? Come on, smile at me. This is going to be a really good message. <laughs> smile at me because I'm going to help you today. So I'm going to help you with some little tips of how, how can I help some unnecessary storms. A few wisdom tips for you as I went through this. Number one, are you ready? Get, get your notepad, get your iPhone. Listen, stop on Facebook and and, and whatever it is now, and write these points down, it will help you, okay? Use your phone, but use it for good in church. Get off eBay right now, some of you. Come on, I know it's tempting. Some of you on, on Twitter and all that stuff. You need to get in the Bible right now. Come on, focus. Write this down. Be careful whose advice you follow. You listen. Come on, have you wrote that down? This will help you. Be careful whose advice you follow. Acts 27.10. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be dangerous and disastrous and will bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives. But the centurion insisted of listening to Paul, uh, what Paul said and followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. They took the wrong advice. They listened to the wrong person. And I, and I want to say to you in your life that, they, that, that there's some people that you need to actually give more time to listen to what they've got to say to you. Some, some people that's had more experience. You know, the Apostle Paul, 
uh, had prophetic insight, but he also had experience because in, in the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, which was written before this activity in Acts, he actually says that I've been through three shipwrecks. <laughs> Should have listened to the man. He had experience of shipwrecks. He had experience of looking at the weather and thinking, oh, three times I've made the wrong mistake, but this time I can, I can recognise the season. I recognise this as before. Guys, come on, let's, we'll save the storm if we don't do it. And they didn't listen to him. And the reason was because they thought the pilot and the owner of the ship had more knowledge. And the problem is sometimes that we listen to the wrong people and we can end up going through a storm we don't need to go through. We need to be open to listen to people who have got the t-shirt of making bad choices. <laughs> Come on. You can say, oh, please don't do that. I've done that so many times. The mistakes that I've made. You've got to listen. You've got to be open. If you haven't got a teachable spirit, you'll be hitting storms that you would, should never hit in your life. There's people that's had experience. People's got wisdom that you haven't got that you need to listen from their life. And so I want to encourage you, of course, you have to weigh their advice. As long as you give room, listen, to think it through, talk it through, and pray it through, then make a decision. But just don't go off of anyone's advice because they took the wrong advice and then they'll bestow. How many times have I heard in my life, I, I only one regret, I wish that I'd have listened to them. Anybody heard that before? How many times have you told your children if you've got kids and they, don't, they look at you like you're off another planet and the only reason you tell them is because you've experienced it and when they get older, they say, if only I'd have listened to my parents. And can I ask you, if only you would give some room for counsel. Proverbs says, plans fail for the lack of counsel but with many advisors, they succeed. Give yourself room to open to people that's done the journey, that's, that's had shipwrecks in their life, that are still here today to tell a story and to pass on to you some tips of wisdom. First of all, one key wisdom note, be wise in new advice that you receive. Number two, are you writing this down? Number two, this will save you a lot of heartache if you listen to the Word of God today under some common sense. You know, common sense is not so much common today. Do you know that? Everybody's too spiritual for common sense. Be careful what you're about to do because it just may be beyond your capability, gifting and personality. Now, before you start stoning me and quote, I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me, let me tell you, you can't. Come on. Everybody wants to be a Premier League footballer, but you know they can't. Anybody wants to be like Olympic champion, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you know they can't. See, there's just some things that, that God has gifted you to you that you cannot actually do what the person next to you can do. And if you do not, see, see I love find your strengths. I, I love all this personality, checking out what you like and didn't, didn't know that. It's awesome. But you know, we never actually talk about what's our limitations. Why? Because we're always victorious. We always want to conquer but we never can admit, actually, I'm not good at that. Because what you realise you're not good at will save you from unnecessary harm. And some of you try to do stuff that you're no good at. And some of you try to do stuff that you're not gifted at. And some of you have dreams that actually you cannot even handle. So it's actually good to know what you're not good at. 
or what you're actually not gifted at. You need to know what your grace is because if you move out of your grace, you're in trouble. It's so important that we move out of our comfort zone, but it's crucially important that you do, do not move out of your gift zone. Because some of you are made differently from others. Some of you have got more capacity than others. That's why not all of you are executives. Come on, speak to me. This is common sense that's going to help you. Some of you want to be an entrepreneur and you can't even make 10 pence. It's not your strength. Come on. I'm trying to help you because you need to wake up and smell the coffee or tea, whichever you drink. So listen to this, verse 15, 27. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. There were some things that people dream about that they haven't got the capacity to get there. It's going to break you apart. You need to be comfortable who God's made you to be and flow in your gift. Flow in your passion. Flow in who you are. And don't feel that you're not as good as the person because they're high flyers. They're in the Premier League. You know, the world champions. You need to be cool with you because you'll only be successful what God's made you to be and who you need to are. So I want to tell you, and this will be a big surprise to you, I'm not great at everything. Come on, I know you're thinking, wow, pastor, you're really not. Ask Linda. No, don't ask Linda. No, don't. I'm pleased she's not in the room. Do you know, I'm only good at one or two things. Big surprise. Stick me somewhere else, I'm a nightmare. But if I try and do it, I make everybody else a misery. Let those who are good at things, let them do it, even in your marriage. I don't care what people tell you what a role of a man, a man and wife should be. Whoever's the best at doing it, let them do it. Come on, stop getting spiritual. Whoever's good at doing it, do it. Well, I'm the man of the home. Yeah, but you can't count. You can't make the bills match. <laughs> and then the woman says, I can't cook, but the guy's a chef. Come on, it's not rocket science. A bit of liberty for some of you in the house. Some of you try to do stuff that you're actually rubbish at. And you keep kidding yourself. I can do all things. And it's getting worse. And so you've got to be comfortable with who you are. You've got to know your capacity. Because listen, if you don't know your capacity, the load will kill you. The weight will wear you out and you, your life will begin to break up. And so you, you, you need some sensible people in your life that can help you, that can assess whether or not you can manage the load in your life. I want to encourage you today. There are some things that you're not meant to carry. There are some things that you can't do. And if you'd only realise that, it'd give you so much freedom today. And we put pressure on ourselves that we've got to do everything, but we're not gifted to do everything. We can do some things really well. And if you can find what that really well is, you'll be free. You'll be a blessing. And you'll be able to find liberty in your life. So here's a few other few little wisdom tips. So you're saying, I have a dream, I have a goal, I have achievements, I have faith steps. I'm going to take the world for Jesus. And that's absolutely awesome. But here's a few things to ask yourself. Number one, 
Ask those who are closest to you to tell you the truth. Ask your friends and the ones that love you. Say, what do you think about this dream? What do you think about what I'm going to do next? What do you think about what I'm thinking about? And, and they'll either say to you um, a few things. Um, they're probably going to say to you, I thought about that last year, that you should have done that. You're a bit late coming to the table, but get on and do it. Or they're going to say to you, oh, I'm not sure. Not sure if that's a bit too big of a jump right now. Maybe you need to do some intermediate training. You need to take the next step of load before you jump into the river. Or they might say, do you know what? That's an amazing, amazing idea, but I think there may be one or two other priorities that you have to focus on right now before you jump into that. Maybe you need to spend some more time with your family. Uh, or maybe you're spending too much time with your family. Or, or maybe you need to focus on personal development. They might just give you some wisdom of actually what's an amazing idea, but there's a few things that you need to think about before you jump into the deep. And so I want you to be open to ask someone who loves you to tell you the truth about what your dream is and have some perspective of, of those who believe in you, not those who doubt you. Don't ask a doubter about your dreams because it'll kill it. You only ask people that believe in you and love you to tell you the truth about your next step. Number two, why not look at your history and your track record? You know, some people want to take Goliath and they've not even taken a bear. What's your history like? You want to do this amazing thing. What's the track record? What's the proof that you can actually move into? You know, when God asks you to do something, there's always a stretch. There's always out of your comfort zone. There's always a leaning into trusting him. But there is a bit of history that you've actually conquered some things in your life that signpost that you can take on this. So, so Saul said to David, you're only a, a skinny lad and I need to give you my armour. I don't know whether you're going to take this big giant that we can't even conquer. And he said, Saul, I want you to know that when I was looking after the sheep, I, I destroyed a bear and I destroyed a lion and, and I protect God's purpose. And this, this giant, I'll take his head off. He had a track record, a proven history that he actually could take some ground and there sorted, okay, well, if you've done a bear and you've done a lion, maybe, just maybe, you could do something with this Goliath. And so it's, it's important to know what's your history? What, what have you achieved? What are you, what are you good at? What have you produced fruit in for this next amazing dream and achievement that you're going to take the world and, and, and make a, something amazing for God in your own life? Is there any track record that you've actually achieved something to give you some signs that maybe this is next step for you? Just some simple things. And then the third one and just a couple of things before we close why not test it for a season? You don't have to go all in right now. Test Faith steps are really important. Give yourself room to test your load, to see if you've got the grace for it and the peace for it. Have a go, see if actually it works, it fits and, 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 your, and your life's still good and your family's still happy and, you, and you're still making progress and you're thinking, do you know what? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when God even challenges you to go things that you think may be too big for you, you can test it as you take a step. You think, actually, no, no, I can do this. God's grace is on me. I'm managing it. I'm, I'm, I'm flowing in it. I'm flourishing in it. And you can take, steps and I want you to know it's okay to try stuff and they don't work 
Because if you don't try, you'll never know because failure is not actually uh, the issue. Because every failure is a stepping stone to success. And you've got to take steps of faith to try things. Try things that even if they don't work, you've had progress in your life because it'll help you not to crash in our lives. You know, one Samuel, I love Jonathan and his armor bearer. This is what he did. Come, let's go over to the outposts of the uncircumcised men. Listen, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Maybe God is in this, but we'll have a go. Let's get up the mountain. Let's have a, let's have a step towards it. Perhaps, God, let's test the water. And as he got up the mountain, he could see the hand of God moving and he had victory. Perhaps the Lord is speaking to you about some things in your future. Perhaps he's shifting some things in your heart and your mind. But you've got to step out and you've got to give it a go to see if God is in it. And it's actually a bit lower risk than just jumping head first and then feel like you're drowning. And finally, on this few little wisdom tips, whatever you're going to do in your next step, it's going to take others to help you achieve it. Very rare will we achieve major success on our own. Very rare. Every person you speak to, entrepreneur, everybody that's made it big, they always say, without my team, I couldn't make it. Without these people around my life, I couldn't make it. Without these people connecting with me in my, in my journey, I would not have made it. Exodus 18 says, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Listen to this. The work is too heavy for you. See, even Moses, the most humblest man in the Bible, with the favour of God, face to face with God, there were some things that was too heavy for him. It was at his capacity. And, and his father-in-law good advice, said to him, Moses, what you're doing is not good. If you carry on, you're going to break and the ministry will be over. So what I suggest that you do is you get some good people around you and hand the responsibility to them and make your load lighter. Without those other people coming into Moses' life, his ministry would have been over. I don't care how anointed we are, how amazing we think we are, how gifted we are, without other people... Helping us will never do what God's called us to do. Never. And Moses is a prime example. And so I want to say to you in this church, I want to encourage you that if we're going to do great things for God, we need everybody on board. We need people to carry the load. We, we just can't do this on our own. Listen, as I said, I've only got one or two gifts. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and the rest of it, I just try and fake it till I make it. And so if, I, if, I, if I, what I lack, some of you've got. What we lack, some of you are carrying. But you've got to give it to God and then offer it to serve. Because God's got a mission. God's got islands to reach. God's got people to be healed. God's got loads of things on the other side of what we're going through. But we've got to be able to trust Him and lean in Him. Because let me tell you, the dream work will not work without teamwork. And so I want to encourage you today. There's a few tips there that will help you avoid some unnecessary storms. So I've got one minute and 20 seconds to give you three things that you need to hold on to when you're going through a storm. And some of you are going through a storm right now. Here's three little things. Read the Bible later. Because you know, the only thing that these sailors and Paul had was to hold on to 
was a piece of driftwood. I want to tell you the only thing that you've got, it's not your bank balance, it's not your connections, it's not your network, it's not your brains, it's not your degrees, it's this. It's the Word of God. The only thing that kept those people alive was God's Word. And if you can cling on to that when everything else is falling apart, you will make it. Number one, the promises of God. Paul stood up and says, you're not going to die. God spoke to me tonight. His promises are yes and amen. Number two, the love of God. Somewhere in that passage in 27, he said he, he got the bread, he gave it to them and he gave thanks. The last person that gave bread and gave thanks was Jesus. He gave his life for you. God loves you. Three things, God's promises, God's love and God's faithfulness because they all landed on the island alive. Stand with me. For those of you that's going through a storm, I'm encourage you not to bail out from God. The worship team can come on if they want. Don't jump ship. Don't leave church. Don't leave your life group. Because you need people to help you on this journey. People that will pray for you, love you, encourage you, and give you the word when you haven't got it. Because the sailors never had the word of God, but Paul had it. And maybe you're here today and thinking, I want to bail out. I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm here to give you the word of God. Do not quit because God loves you and God is faithful and His word can be relied upon. And He who has started this good work in you has promised to help you make it. And just as Lee said about him holding his daughter's hand up that mountain, in fear and trembling, it's the same thing today, that God is in your boat. You may not be able to feel Him or hear Him, but He's in your boat. I want to say you're going to get through this storm. Hold on to Him. This Word is the only thing that we've got when everything's falling apart. And I want to tell you, you will come through. I want to speak over your life. There is a beach coming. Come on. There is sunshine beyond the storm in your life. Don't care how much is falling apart. Don't care how much you've lost in this season. I want to tell you, God is faithful. And you're going to get through. I want to read this Scripture as we come to a close over your life today. Isaiah says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who has created you, he who has formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Father, I thank You, God, for Your promises that they are yes and amen. 
And I pray, Lord, over everyone's life in this room and online, that Father God, that You will help them through this storm. And they will come out on the other side more effective, more mature, more on fire, more resources than ever before. Because You are a faithful God and we love You in Jesus' Name. Come on, and all God's people said, Amen. Come on.